0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thank you very much, Rabbi. You can call me Rabbi Wallastino if you want. <laughs> okay, so um, I was asked to speak tonight on a subject of dating and marriage. And I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you a side, a secret. Rabbi He never dated so I can't really speak that much about dating because I married the first girl I met and it was on my first date actually that I proposed (laughs) and she said no and Baruch Hashem we're married 28 years so I'm sorry I I apologize to the camera but I'm I'm a little ADD, since I'm a kid, I walk, I walk a little bit. Okay. Anyway, so I, don't, I really can't give you much. You can probably give me more advice on dating than I can give you. But being that I have students, I'm an interesting character because usually you have a rabbi that teaches girls or you have a rabbi that teaches boys. So the rabbi that teaches girls, he hears the girl side. The rabbi that teaches boys, he hears the boys side. I teach, I'm teach. i actually teaching boys for 28 years I'm teaching girls for four years. So, I hear both sides. So, I can bring tonight both sides to the table. I can bring the girl side. I can bring the boy side. Then I'll bring my side. And we'll try to get a little bit of understanding of why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created this whole situation of man and woman and dating... Or even in the Hasidic, in the Hasidic people, where they don't actually have dating, it's called the bisho, where the father and mother come to meet the other father and mother, and then the boy and girl go to a room and speak for forty minutes, and then they both come back and say, you know, whether they want to get married or not. Don't laugh at it, because the divorce rate in the Hasidic, um, the Hasidim are much lower than anywhere else, so it seems to be working. I don't understand exactly how. But I will try to explain to you tonight why it works. Um, and the question is, why not both create, create? it? I once asked a boy in my class, this whole thing of of love, you know, and this whole, this I hear all the time, you know, soulmates. Oh, that's a big word. Rabbi, are we soulmates? So, where, where does this all come from? Why did I Everything that's in this world, God put in this world for a reason. So, this whole romance that we, the rabbi was talking about, that American, America tries to sell us, you know, the hallmark cards and the flowers and all the other things that go on, what's, what's, what is that all about? Why is that in this world altogether? Everything that's raw, everything that's bad, has a good side to it. So I'm going to talk about something that is the basis of marriage and is the basis of dating and is the basis of life. And that's called emotions. Now, why does a human being have emotions? So, a kid in my class said to me, "There weren't any emotions; they wouldn't have children." I said, "That's not true." I never gone to the Bronx Zoo and saw a monkey walk over to the female monkey with a rose and a Hallmark card and say, "Happy anniversary!" Right? But they have baby monkeys, right? And I'm sure that you know, in the farm, the cows are also not very romantic, but there are baby cows. So, there's there's no question. A Krišjāns Bachu didn't bring emotions into the world to have children. That's not what it's here for. So I think it's very important. The, the, the rabbi was speaking before that it's the three weeks. And also when he told me, you know, I was, I was going to come here tonight and speak about korban Beis Hamigdash, um, Sinas Chinam, Jealousy, all the reasons that the Beis Hamigdash was destroyed. That's what you talk about tonight's Shabbat, Shabbat of Right? But there's a Gemara that says, there's a Gemara that says, that when two people get married, it's like building a Chorba of Yerushalayim. It's like building a house that was destroyed, that collapsed, that was destroyed in Yushalayim. So if you can make a Shidduch during the three weeks, you are sort of building back Yushalayim that was destroyed during the three weeks. On top of that, on Tishabav, listen to this halacha, on Tishabav, where you're not allowed to do anything. You sit on the floor. Ashkenaz, I don't think it makes a difference. You sit on the floor, Tilchatsov, right? On Tishabav, if a boy wants to get engaged to a girl, the halacha is that he should get engaged. Because if he doesn't, maybe someone else will step in in front of him. So the importance to Hashem of a shidduch, of a girl and a boy getting engaged and getting married, you can't get married on Tisha B'Av, but the, once you have the and once you have the engagement, so there's, there's already a commitment... Right? You can do that on Tisha B'Av sitting on the floor. You can actually get engaged on Tisha B'hav. That's the halacha. So that shows us how important how important it is to Hashem that his Jewish children the girls and boys, that they get married because they become whole. We'll talk about it tonight. How important this is. And therefore, I felt that even though it's Shabbat of Thomas tonight that it's a very important subject. On top of that, the Gemara says that if Chas Shalom, there's a divorce if somebody gets divorced says that the Mizbeach in the base Hamigdash cries. So we see that the, the making of a commitment, the making of a marriage, builds a house in Yerushalayim. The breaking of a marriage makes the Mizbeach cry. So there's a definite connection between the Beis Hamigdash and marriage. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about emotions. Why Hashem create emotions? So let's look at the birth of a child. Let's start from when everyone was born. What does a child do? A child, when it's born, all it does is it takes. It gives, but what it gives we don't want. Right? You've got to change the diaper, and you've got to birth the kid. What it gives we don't want. The baby takes. It nurses. You diaper it. You feed it. You dress it. It really does absolutely nothing. The basic human emotion... That God has created us with is to take. That's our first training in a relationship between two people. Everybody in this room, bar none, was born to take. Every baby that's born, not a baby, there's not a baby born that diapers itself. There's not a baby born that walks down to the refrigerator and makes himself a tuna fish sandwich. There's no baby that that, that takes care of itself. So when we are born. On the basis, lowest level of an emotion connection, the emotional connection is to take. We take from our parents. That's the basic human, that's how we start. This has a lot to do with dating, trust me. The next step up, we get a little bit older, not a toddler, but like a young kid, first grade, second grade. So that kid can take a little bit on its own, not to have to take from its parents, he can go to the refrigerator a little bit, but he also gives a little nachas. Right? You go to school, there's a sitter party, and a chumish party, and look, he's walking, and his first word, he takes a lot more than he gives. A child takes a lot more than they give, but they do give a little back. That's the next part of a person's growth. The third part of a person's growth and this is something that I try to fight a lot, but it doesn't work because I understand it, what I, how Hashem created us. That's our teenage years. Our teenage years, which are, for those who remember and for those who are in it, Nabuch, um are the hardest years of a person's life. We say, nishta nishtahir, you're not there, you're not here. You want to be somewhere else, you're 14 years old, you want to be married, and you want to be working, right? But you can't be married. You can't be working. You have all these ideas, but you're caught up. You're too young. You can't. You can't. So I came up with a great idea. I spoke about this a a few months ago. I figured, you know, I'm a businessman also. So I'm thinking of ways to make money. I didn't come up with a cell phone idea. That wasn't mine. But I came up with this unbelievable idea. Parents have problems with their teenagers, Right, it's not the teenagers' fault. It's just the hormones and the age. They have problems with the teenagers. Teachers have problems with the teenagers. Teenagers have problems with the teenagers. Right? The drama, girls, the drama. Forget about it. It's like unbelievable. Right? So, and that. Okay, we'll talk about that later. When the boys get involved in the drama, you guys, you you, you don't belong in that world. You you don't understand it. You'll never understand it. Just stay out of it. Just let them do their thing, but you guys stay out of it. It's not not healthy for you. Anyway, so I came up with this unbelievable idea. I said, let's take all the 14-year-old kids, and I'm going to open a nursing home. Listen carefully. This is brilliant. I was going to make a lot of money. I'm going to open up a nursing home. I'm going to put all these 14-year-old kids in this nursing home. Huge. We'll have them all over the country, all over the world. We're going to put them into a coma. Okay? There's, there's a chemical you give. You put it in the veins. You, it's a, it's a, you, you, you put someone into a coma. We'll keep them in a coma until they're 21. Okay? Seven years coma. At 21, we'll wake them up. Right? They got through their The parents are happy. <laughs> the, the teachers are happy. The kid's happy. She wakes up and she can get married right away. She's old enough. Right? She so doesn't have to go through all the drama. The guy... He's 21, that's it. He can drink. Oh, no, saying, okay, anyway. So he's happy. He's 21 already, right? No fake IDs, nothing. You don't need any of that stuff. Right? And all you have to do is pay me every year for taking care. And I, I'm sure I'll be sold out. Sold out. You wouldn't be able to get into my nursing homes. We changed the word nursing homes. That's have to come up with a different word, but teenage homes. We'll have teenage homes. And it was a brilliant idea. And I'm gonna. I said I'm gonna do this, and everyone's gonna be happy. The kids gonna be happy. The parents, the teacher, everyone's gonna be happy. I had one big problem, and the problem is girls and boys, is that when you wake them up at 21, they're gonna still be 14. Because Hashem created us that those years between 14 and 21, those are the years that shape our whole life, and we have to go through all those struggles, and all those questions, and all those hardships. We have to go through that to get to 21. You can't get to 21 unless you're 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, you do the math, right? So you can't get to 21 unless you go through those teenage years. What are those teenage years about? The big word. Friends. Friends. All of a sudden, this little girl and little boy who listens to Tati, well, Abba and Ima, I'm, I'm asking of, right? Tati and Mami, Abba, Ima, dad or mom. Right, Everything was nice. Dad said, go here. Yeah, no problem. Mom said, go here. No problem. All of a sudden, she's 14 years old or he's 14 years old. We're a little bit behind them. He's 15 years old, right? And all of a sudden, Ma, you don't, know, you don't understand. You don't know my friend. You think you know my friend. Don't tell me not to talk to my friend. She's much better than you think you are. You're like all the other teachers that judge her. Ma, she really loves me. You don't understand. And you don't know how much I'm helping her. And your mother says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your sister had friends like this. And your brother had friends like this. And, of course, the famous two words, the most famous two words that Red Wall hears all day and all night is she's different or he's different in the dating scene. Right? When the parent comes they but you can't go out with this boy, whatever, no, you don't know him, he's different. So what happened all of a sudden that this 15-year-old kid is willing to give up their parents, to give up their relationship with their parents, to give that relationship to their friend? What did your friend do for you already? But the parents, and I'm trying to teach the parents, don't get angry because this is natural. Because this child has now entered a new emotional relationship. It's called a friend. Yes. Yes. How many times did your parent tell us, but I am your friend. <laughs> I am your best friend. I have been here all your life. Now all of a sudden, this girl comes along, this guy comes along, right? And uh, you don't know me, my friend. I put my whole life into you, right? I'll tell you a story. I say it over all the time. My daughter hates that I say this over. but uh, She's not here, so I'll say it over. <laughs> so I, Baruch Hashem, my oldest daughter, Malki, so, um, she started dating. This is three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. Five, five, Anyway, so the first boy she went out with. Now, me and my daughter are very close because I keep very late hours and she kept very late hours. So every night at 11 o'clock, when everyone was sleeping, we would sit at the table and we would talk. Me and Malky were very, very close. Okay. Now it's very hard for a father. Even though you girls may not understand this, but it's very hard for a father to let go of his daughter. It's very hard. And it's very hard for a mother to let go of her son. We'll talk about that. Why Why it works that way. But there's a reason. Okay. So, she goes out. My daughter goes out first date with her, with Dovi. His name is Dovi, right? And I'm like, yeah, this will never work. <laughs> right? It's not going to work because uh, I'm jealous. I don't know, you to go out with some guy, right? Now, this son-in-law of mine has these two huge dimples, right? So when I saw him, I said to myself, this might work.
1: <laughs>
0: I should have checked out this guy beforehand. Okay, anyway, he goes on a date, they go on a date, and he didn't spend that much money. First date, you know, there are rules. You know, we have our rules, you know, we tell each other. First date. You don't know yet. You're not going to spend that much money. So he went out to this thing that spins in New York. What is does that call? The Marquis? The Marriott Marquis? Something like that. Right. Okay. So some guys take the girl and they give him the a drink. They think they're spinning. They think it's the Marquee, but it's not really the Marquis. But this was really the Marquis. And he said, Can I, my, my daughter likes Diet Dr. Pepper. So she said to Dovey, she said, could you ask the waiters if they have Diet Dr. Pepper? They don't have Diet Dr. Pepper in the Marriott. Okay. So the girl comes back and says, no, they don't have Diet Dr. Pepper. So she says, okay, I'll take a Diet Coke, fine. So this wise guy, son-in-law of mine, on the second date, right, because I guess he got coached, right, the guys coach each other, and um, on the second date, he picks her up, what's in the cup holder? Diet Dr. Pepper, (laughs) right, okay, guys, right, that's the move, you know the move, right, big deal, okay, all right, so, very nice, no problem, no problem. So she comes home that night. at uh, 12 o'clock. I'm sitting at the table. I said, new Malky, how'd it go? She says, Tati, dad, Abba, whatever. Um, he's wonderful. I'm like, he's wonderful? You don't even know him. What do you mean he's wonderful? I'm getting nervous. What do you mean he's wonderful? I'm wonderful. He's not wonderful. <laughs> right? She says, his midos, his anticipation, he picked me up tonight. And there was a diet Dr. Pepper already there. I didn't even have to ask him. Okay, no problem. I can handle that. So that date was Thursday night. Friday she came home from school and sitting on the in the refrigerator for the Friday night meal. I bought a 64-ounce Diet Dr. Pepper. Alright? This little twerp shows up with a 16-ounce can. I'm gonna show I'm a Tati. I'm going to show I said, yeah, look what I got you. He can't buy you what I buy you. You're laughing, but this is, this is what I went through. Okay, fine. She thought it was funny. My wife thought it was funny. I thought it wasn't so funny. Third date. Third date, she comes home and she says the following words which struck absolute terror in Rabbi Wallerstein's heart. She sat down at the table. And she said the following. My duvy said. I said, excuse me? My duvy said. I said, no, 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 no. He's not your duvy. All my life until this point, it, it was my tati said. And all of a sudden it became my doobie said. So I said, um, I don't understand. The kid has dimples. He bought you one diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> and it became my dovey. What happened to my Tati? And I had a very hard time. I'll tell you the truth. I had a very hard time letting go of my daughter. But but I came to the realization. And this is... I'm trying to build something. I'm not just telling you stories. I came to the realization that my daughter was at a point where the emotional relationship of father-daughter had to take the next step. Had to go to her peers. In other words, I'm a father, I'm above my daughter. She had to go to a relationship of give and take, not above and below, but on an even scale, which is a husband and a wife. Now, what happens after that? You have children. Once you have children, as a parent, even though a lot of girls in this room are not going to believe what I'm going to tell you, but as a parent, all a parent is interested in, is to give. We do not want, when I say we, and am a parent, we do not want anything from our children. Just don't give us agita. Don't give us a hard time. But we don't want anything. Don't pay me for anything. In fact, we want to give more and more and more, and we hate when you go to other people and ask them for advice, and don't come to us. We hate when you go to other people and ask them for money, and don't come to us. Because the final level of emotional growth of a human being is supposed to be unconditional giving. We come from unconditional taking, a teeny little baby, and our growth, child, teenager, husband, wife, parent, takes us on a trip to the ultimate to only give. That is why we have relationships in life. Why? Why? And I'm going to tell you why. Because God, God, wants to have a relationship, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with every girl and every boy in this room. And in order for Him to have a relationship with you, you have to have a relationship with someone else. If Hashem says to me, love me, love me with all your heart, and I never love my parents, I don't have a friend, I don't, I'm not married, I don't have children. How can I love Hashem? What does that word mean? How can I give Hashem something that I never experienced? So God wants us to experience taking, sharing, friends, husband, wife, parent, so that when He asks us to give Him His love, we have something to take it from. And that's why, I spoke to someone about this today, why it's very important for parents. We have dating, and we have marriage, but everyone in Mitzvah Hashem will date and get married, so I'm not just telling you things for tonight, I'm telling you things for life. That's why it's very important that you give your children love. Because if your children don't have a relationship with you, then how could you expect them to have a relationship with Hashem? You stand on Rosh Hashanah and you say, Avinu Malkeinu, my father, my, my king. Now that could be pretty bad. Because if you don't get along with your father, if you hate your father, you don't get along with your father, you say to Hashem, I don't like you, God. I hate you. I don't get along with you. Because you're telling Hashem, you're my father. And my father, I don't get along with. So, the basis of our relationships going through life, our relationships are to give that relationship to our Kodesh Baruch. And that's why our generation is in such trouble. Because we have... Such a false understanding of what relationship means. It's, what can the other person do for me? It's not what I can do for others. I always say, in us, the word us, there's you, not I. That's in an English word, us, there's only a you, there's no I. In a relationship between a husband and a wife, there's a relationship where each one has to look at, what can I give? to the other person. That so doesn't exist. That so hardly exists. And therefore, the relationship with us and Hashem is, God, what did you do for me lately? What did you give me? We go to Davin Shemun, what do we say? Okay, Hashem, I need a good day in business. I want to meet the right girl. I want to be healthy. I want to get that new car. (laughs) Right? I want everything to work out. So we go to Hashem with a shopping list. We never, who in this room can raise their hand, don't raise your hand, (laughs) <laughs> but who in this room can raise their hand and say when I dive into Hashem, I ask Hashem God, what can I do for you today? Who gets up in the morning says Moda Ani, and says Hashem, what can I do for you? Should I go to the hospital and volunteer? Should I give charity? Um, what can I do? What mitzvah can I do for you today? No way, none of us do that. I'm talking to myself. You just listen in. <laughs> who does that? No, it's I need a shidduch and I need a car and I need new clothing and I need help and I need my grandmother to get better and I need my parents shown by us to get better and Hashem sits there and we just give this list of what I want, of what I want, of what I want why do we do that? Two generations ago they got up in the morning and said Hashem what can I do for you? Why do we do that? Because we live in a generation of me, 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 me everything's about me so everything's about me so when it comes to God my relationship with my parents is about me my relationship with the girl I'm going out is about me what would she do for me lately? I always say, marriage, here, I'll give you an example of marriage. Guy comes home, sets his wife, comes home, he's tired, he worked the whole day. Oi, Hannah, what a day today at work. Oi, vey, my boss yelled at me, my computer jammed. Oh, it was a terrible, terrible day. What's for supper? And he sits himself down in the lazy chair, Yankees, Mets, depending, right? And she says, you just got home. You know, you, you turn on the television, talk to the kids. Talk to me. Matt, I'm not talking about any of you guys. I'm talking about myself right now. Right? And she said, you just, he says, are you kidding me? I need to, I need to chill. I need, I need to unwind. Do you know what kind of day I had today? I need to take it easy. Don't, I don't want anyone to talk to me. Nobody should talk to me for the next half hour because I had such a hard day. Hey, Chayim, what's going on? What's going on? What's doing? Yeah, I speak to you the whole time. What do you talking on the cell phone now? You just told me you need a half an hour to chill. No, this is, this is different. You know, when I'm on the cell phone with my friend. What's going on over here? He just sees himself. He just sees himself. So now, let me show you this marriage. So he comes home, he says to his wife, I can't handle it anymore. I had a hard day. Just put up supper. I don't want to hear the kids. Lock them in a room somewhere. I don't want to see them. And in a half an hour, I'll come to the table. How about I? Right or the breakfast table Sunday morning the guy's hiding behind the newspaper right the guy's like what does your father look like I know I haven't seen him he doesn't come home a whole week Sunday he hides behind the New York Times I don't know what he looks like does he have a beard does he not have a beard I don't know I haven't seen him in five years right because he needs time to unwind he needs time to chill but meanwhile what does she say back to him "Supper you want you know what kind of day I have I had to pick him up, he had 104 to to the doctor. My his teacher called, he's very upset. You think you had a bad day? My day was much worse. Make your own suffer. He's like, I would. If I could. I would. But you think that's something? I didn't tell you what else happened to me today. On my way home, I got a flat, and triple couldn't come. And I had to change the tire. And then I got... I, I double parked outside in front of the shul. I got a $150 ticket. My story's much worse than yours. That makes me feel... She's like, yeah? You think that's something? i didn't tell you that my friend having me today. We broke up for the 15th time. We're not talking to each other anymore. That's it. It's over. And my mother... Your mother... Oh, my God. Oh! So a whole night... A whole night... He's not eating... She's not eating, the kids are not eating, and all they're doing is comparing notes who had a worse day. That's a marriage that is not good. That's a marriage that every person is thinking and looking at what so they want and what they need. Now let's go into a house. Let's go into the house of, of, of a house that's correct. The guy comes home, his wife looks like she had a hard day. He says, It's So I can be the greatest sufferer. Well, I know how to make tuna fish, I'll make some toast, I'll scramble some eggs, tonight I'll take care of the kids. You look like you have had a very hard day. So you see, you can't even say that to a woman, just guys, I've got to give you a little, a little hint here. Never come home and tell your wife, you look like you had a hard day, because she's going to say, what? I don't look good? What, my hair's not good? I don't look good? Well, don't, 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 don't say that part. Just just say, I want to help you out, okay? You have to learn. you come to our at training sessions and we'll teach you how to talk to, how, you know, you have to learn a little bit how to talk to women, okay. okay. Anyway, so she says to him, no, 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 listen, you work hard to pay the bills. You work the whole day. You don't have to make supper. You sit down, I'll make supper. And the, and they're fighting. They both might not get to eat a whole night because they're fighting each one I want to help you, and you think that that's so. you This is fantasy land. What book? What book were you reading last night? Like, where did you get this from? Like, you know. Happens to be that I know gedolim, I know tzaddikim, and I know gedolim. That my rebbe, I shouldn't put this on tape, but he's in Israel. He'll never watch this. (laughs) I called my rebbe. This is when I first met him 15 years ago, and I said, Rebbe Gamliel, what's his name? I heard Rebbe Gamliel. I'd like to come over to you, when you have spare time to talk to me. He said, you want mommy's spare time? You can come over Shabbos morning at 11.30. Now, Rabbi Gamliel is Rosh Hashiva, Shari Shemayim. He's talking big, 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 big stuff. Okay. Okay. I'll come over. It's Friday afternoon. I come over. I knock on the door. One of the kids opens the door. I look in his library. There's nobody there. I hear somebody sponging. You know, sponging, what they do in Eretz Yisrael? Someone's sponging the kitchen. I figure, it's his wife. I walk into the kitchen. There's your shami rabbi with a little long white beard. My, my, you have my word on it. right? Sitting here in the kitchen, sponging the floor. He's sponging the floor. I said, the minute I saw that, I said, I want him to be my rabbi. This is a gadol. The gadol is sponging the floor. This is why I want to be my rabbi. The real tzaddik and the real gadolim understood that a woman is a shekhinah. And the wife of the big gadol understood that the gadol is a gadol. Many stories with Rabbi Awabach that before he came to his house, he fixed his tie, he cleaned his jacket off, he straightened out his shirt, and his Talmidim, his students said, Rabbi Awabach is a Gadol Who's in the house? There's like a, another Rebbe, another Gadol. He said, The Shekhinah's in my house. They said, Oh, the Shekhinah's in your house. They figured, You know, the Zuzah, the Shekhinah, Shakai, whatever. they <laughs> so said, Wow, that's unbelievable. He says, Yes, watch, the is gonna open the door. He knocks on the door, and his wife opens the door. and They're like, Where's the Shekhinah? <laughs> he said, What are you talking about? My Rebbe's in. My Rebbe's the Shekhinah. This is, this is, you know, everybody's like, oh, they're not with it, they're not with it, you know, they're not cool, you know, they don't, there's the roses, and the roses Moses okay? They nothing not do with the roses. They knew how to, they know how to treat a woman. The famous, famous story, of Levine, amazing, I knew Rabbi Levine, okay? Very plain, simple topic. Rabbi Levine went to the doctor with his wife, and he walked into the doctor and he said, our foot hurts, not my foot hurts. Her foot hurts. Our foot hurts. His wife's foot had hurt, was hurting. He felt like they were one. An isha isha is one. And therefore, he felt that both of That's 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 where we're going to try to drive tonight. That's where we're trying to go. It's not just guys, you know, that that mistreat. There's girls also. They're very busy with their friends, with their friends, with their friends, and their husband doesn't get any attention. And and it's important. It has to go. It has to go both ways. And really, I think that when you talk shidduchim, the first thing we have to look at is. Two that we're in the Torah so But before I get to it, I wanted, I, I, you know, I'm supposed to talk about dating and everything. I'm going to go off a little bit, and I hope that the rabbis who asked me to come here tonight don't get angry at me. But I'm going to talk about a subject that they didn't ask me to talk about. But I figured I'll fly under the radar. I'll say I'm talking about dating. But I want to talk about this subject for a minute. Again, it has nothing to do with anyone in this room. I'm just telling it to you to tell your friends or people that you know that need to hear it. And that's the subject of Sherman and Gia. Mm, ow. Ow. For all those who don't know what shaymanigir means, keep your hands to yourself.
1: <laughs> Literal
0: translation, keep your hands to yourself. Now if we're going to talk about dating. We need to talk about shaymanigir, not that anyone here needs to know about it, but just to tell those friends. And for the married couples. So they understand that they also have to understand Shremen There's a time that they have to understand what Shremen Agiyya is also. So it's for married couples, and it's for single girls, and it's for single boys. And I think that we have to understand a little bit, dating leads to marriage. What, what's going on over here? Now, I love weddings. I love weddings. I used to love weddings because I was a drummer. That meant I was going to make $150. But that was a long time ago. Why do I love weddings? First of all, it's beautiful to see commitment because that's like that C word. not consequence and commitment are two words that this generation we don't like that word. Those words. So when you see two people get up in front of 500 people and say, "I am taking this woman as my wife," and she's taking this man as, and they're committed to each other, we're all standing there like in awe. Doesn't happen that often, right? How many times does it happen, right? So we—that's why people love love to go to weddings. Now, or don't love to go to weddings because they don't want to see commitment because then they look at themselves and say, how come I cannot commit? That's a little bit of a boy's thing, okay? Now, now I don't want to rag on you guys. But I want to talk about what is married, what is, what is what, when a Jewish man or a Jewish girl get married, what happens? So he stands there under the chuppah, right, all these people are watching, and he says the following words, Hare at Mikudeshes li. You are holy to me. I don't hear anything about marriage here. Not your mind. What's up, girl? Let's get married forever and ever. You know. All the, all the Americans saying, you know, we're one. You know. It doesn't say anything about getting married. Guess what? When Lehavdol, uh, in the times of the Beis Hamikdash, when you made an animal a carbon, a sacrifice, right? You went over to the animal, to the sheep, and you said, you are Kadosh to the Beis Hamikdash. So one kid screamed out when I gave this share. He said, "This is the same thing. Marriage is sacrifice." I said, okay, one way of looking at it. Not bad. Smart kid. I hope his marriage goes well. <laughs> question is, what is? Is he the lamb or the guy that? Okay, but anyway. So, so the question is, right? Everyone in this room who's married, what's up with Harry and the What are you saying to her? She's standing there. She wants to hear, "I'll love you forever. I'll never let you go. We'll be together." don't worry, I'm here for you. And you walk in and say, hey girl, you're holy.
1: <laughs>
0: you're holy. And she's like, hello, my seminary teacher told me that 10 times. That's not what I'm here for. What's Harayat Mekodesh's lead? What's going on over here? What's going on over here? What's going on over here? And every marriage, every Jewish marriage, that's what he has to say. If he doesn't say it, they're not married. And then he takes a ring, worth a penny, at least a penny, it's not the diamond ring. It has to be very plain. It's about $12. It's platinum. $12. And we have to look at it. The rabbis have to look at it and make sure that there's no diamonds and nothing on it. It has to be very plain. And with this ring, right? The With this ring, you are holy to me. I would think that she's going to throw that ring back at his head. <laughs> Give me the engagement ring. The big, he-heh, <laughs> three carrot, you know? Blue, perfect color. You know, the cut I want that's the ring you put on my finger when you say this is forever don't give me no $12 ring no, halacha is a plain ring and hariyatma kodesh something that people don't think about but I'm a little out of the box so I like to think about these things so what's going on over here and this is a lesson on dating, this is a lesson on marriage this is a lesson on relationship between a husband and a wife what is he saying hariyatma kodesh so let me explain to you five minutes, explain to you how this works so, when you want to make a carbon holy to bring to the bath, Hashem should build the base. I made this from Hera. So, you go in to the. You had a great day. This guy had a great day in business. He's all excited. All the girls say yes to him. He said, Will you marry me? She said, Yes. He's all excited. He wants to bring a carbon to Hashem, a sacrifice to Hashem. He runs into his barn. He looks around. This big, fat sheep is sitting there. And he sees these fraughty little sheep and he says, Not today. Today I'm happy. And he takes this big fat sheep and he says, This sheep is kadosh for Hashem. Okay? He doesn't have to bring it that day, but that's the sheep, that sheep he has to bring for a sacrifice for a covenant to Hashem. Two days later, the girl calls him up and says, I thought about it, and I'm breaking the engagement. Now he's totally broken, walks back in to the, to the barn and says, Hey, Hashem, you know, I was in a great mood when I made that fat lamb a carbon. But, you know, she broke the engagement. Things are not so good right now. I lost that my, the, the deal that I had made in real estate. I was going to make $2 million. And I said, I'm going to give a fat lamb. I lost that deal. Now, Hashem, I'll bring a chicken.
1: <laughs>
0: or I'll bring a skinny, runty little lamb. Halakha is, listen carefully, that it's too late. Now, once you made that, that fat lamb, a carbon, kadosh, you cannot change your mind ever. Why? Listen carefully. Why? Because you cannot change that moment ever. In other words, when you walked into that barn, you were happy. You were excited. You wanted to give everything to Hashem. Everything. If I would add a bigger lamb, if it was a, a, an elephant, and I could bring an elephant to the car, then I would bring an elephant. If I could to give him my whole barn, I would give my whole barn. I'm excited. That moment, just because she broke up with you or you lost the deal, did that moment change everybody? That moment didn't change. That moment happened yesterday. Did it change? No. So what you made, listen carefully, what you made holy was that moment. And you cannot change that moment no matter what happens afterwards. So listen to what marriage is. If you just go to a girl under the chup and you say, hey, you're my girl or I'm going to marry you, that moment can change can change. But when you tell somebody, when you tell a girl under the chuppah, that moment, when you're putting the ring on her finger, and you have all that excitement, I hope, right? That's the most exciting moment. And you have all that excitement in you, and he's doing, and and I love that look. I I treasure that look. You know, they may think I'm a little weird at weddings, because I I run up to the chuppah, right? When he breaks the glass, and they pick up her veil, so I run up to see that. Why? Not because I'm weird, but... (laughs) Because I want to see, they look at each other, there's one second there that the two of them look at each other right after he breaks the glass and everyone's screaming and the band starts and the parents are crying and the whole thing's happening and the world stands still. They look at each other for the one second realizing in awe that we're married. And then the guys jump on him and the girls jump on her and then, and then they go dancing down. There. But that one second is an amazing, amazing second. Why do I watch that second? Because it says that when the Beis Hamidosh Bez Rat Hashem will be built. So we are the kala. We're the kala. And we're going to stand under the chuppah with Hashem. And there's going to be a moment of Mashiach when Hashem will look at us and we will look at Hashem and there will be nothing else in the world. Now, how could you believe such a thing? What you need to watch is the Hassan and kala at that moment. If human beings can do that, then for sure, because both will look at us that way. So I like to capture a moment. And I imagine also when the girl when the kala walks down everybody stands up, Right? I imagine, and that's what it says in the Medrash, that when we walk to Yerushalayim, when Mashiach comes, all the Goyim in the world are going to stand up. It's amazing. It's amazing. A wedding, it's amazing. So, when we say to that girl, Hari Yatma Kodesh we are saying that this moment you are holy to me, and nothing in the rest of our lives can change it. So, in two weeks if you burn my food, or we get into the worst fight, go back to the chuppah, and say, but Hariatma Kudeshisli, that moment is holy to me, and I can't change it even if I want to. I cannot change that moment. Just like things are not so good, someone say, ah, oh, the, uh, the wedding was beautiful. The Hariatma Kudeshisli was beautiful. And why don't you have a beautiful diamond ring? Because it's not about the money, it's about the moment. And therefore, we have to give something that's worth a penny. That's it. Just a penny. Because specifically, it's not about the money. It's not about anything. It's just about the two people. And that moment has to last forever. And if it's, if it's based on a $15,000 diamond ring, then if the diamond ring gets lost, the marriage is over. Do you understand? If it's based on an object, her object, Batuha Ava, there's a mission in Prekha Yavos. Ava Shatul love that's based on something, if the something leaves, if the girl is beautiful, and that's why he's marrying her, and then she's not so beautiful, he'll walk away. If the guy is rich, and that's why she's marrying him, and he loses his money, she'll walk away. We don't, we don't marry for that. Therefore, we specifically make sure that the ring is worthless. It's just like, we don't understand this so well, but, you know, sometimes I work in sell bias, and, and the girl says, you know, we're not, we don't, the wife says, you know, it's not working, the marriage is not working. And the guy's like, I, 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 I don't understand I'm like, what don't you understand? I, I gave her the credit cards. I, I bought her a car. I let her shop wherever she wants. I pay all the bills. And she looks at him, and she goes, but are you stupid? All I want you to do is give me some time. Tell me that you love me. Show me some emotion. I don't want your stupid credit card. I don't want your stupid car. I don't want your stupid money. I want you. And he's like, huh? What is this woman saying? And the answer is what she's saying is that I don't want love based on a credit card. Don't want. I want Hari Atmak Lee. I want to just be holy to you, just the two of us, not based on anything. And that's why it happens to be that in the Hasidic circles, when they have this show, they're not allowed to put out food. They don't don't put out food. You think it's very insulting. You know, you come to someone else's house, you're marrying off kids, put out some cake put out some chocolate cake, put out some tea, put out some schnapps, nothing on the table. Because it cannot be based on the silver that's on the table or the food that's on the table. It has to be based on the two people. Why did Hashem create this moment of hariyama of the dating, of falling in love with somebody? Because God wants everyone in this room to fall in love with Him. Amen. And you can't fall in love with Him if you don't know what that word means. But Hashem created that for the good, and now it got totally abused. Totally abused. What love means is going to a club and dancing together, buying cards, buying presents, totally not hary So then all of a sudden, our connection to our and don't take me don't get me wrong here. Okay, there are guys who get up at Shul, and spend a lot of money building a shul. Spend a lot of money and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. but so listen to me very carefully. Sometimes Hashem would rather you just say, I love you to God. Than don't spend all your money. It's the relationship of a husband and a wife. People who they give tzedakah, tzedakah is a different situation. But they buy things and they buy this and they buy that. They buy Ali on Yom Kippur. They buy Ali Rosh Hashanah. And they, buy, they, they buy the Arun HaKodesh and they buy that. Those are diamond rings, those are very nice, but that only works if you love me. In other words, a woman and a husband that get along, and it's not about the diamond rings and everything else, then it's very nice to get presents. And therefore the Torah tells the boys that we have to buy presents every yontif for our wives. But that's only if the marriage is working. If the marriage is based on presents, the presents are gone, the marriage is gone. So many people in Kala role, many of us have no idea how to love Hashem because we don't know what that word means. And we need to learn what that word means. And the way to learn is through our experience of growing up. And therefore, it of the Aim, honoring, and I'm not giving a shit tonight on to kibbutz of Aim, I don't want to totally abuse you, but kibbutz of the Aim is in the first five mitzvahs in the Ten Commandments with the mitzvah of Hashem bein Adam and Makom. Now, there's a difference in the Ten Commandments. The first five are between us and God. The second five are between us and human beings. You know what kibbutz of Aim honoring your parents is? It's not between us and human beings, it's between us and God. So one kid said to me, Yeah, my father thinks he's God.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's not why. The reason it's in the first five is you know why? kibbutz of Aim is bin Adam Wamakom, because if you don't honor your parents and you don't have a relationship with your parents, how could you have a relationship with Hashem? Your parents give and give and give and give and you, and you give them a hard time. So how are you going to love Hashem? Says the Torah. You want to live long? Honor your parents. Not, not that your parents should live long. That you should live long. How are you going to live long? By having a good relationship with God. If you don't honor your parents, you don't have a good relationship with your parents, it's going to be very hard that relationship with God. And I got news for you. It's going to be very hard to relationship with your wife or your husband girls. Because your relationship skills of taking and giving begins with your parents. And if you can't have a relationship with them, yes, sometimes there are situations that it's not your fault and you can't have a relationship And Even the rabbis, myself included, will sometimes say, get out of the house. Sometimes that's, and, and then you better have a relationship with a good friend because a person needs to have relationships in their, in their life to be able to give it to HaKadosh Baruch If you don't have it, you can't give it to HaKadosh Baruch This is very, very important. This is the basis of dating. So when a person dates, let's get to dating. So when a person dates. So what is a girl supposed to look for? Number one, guys. Sorry about this. But we're gonna we're gonna go both sides. Number one, you go to a wedding. Guys standing outside the wedding. In one hand he has a drink. You know those guys, huh?
1: <laughs>
0: Hi Miriam, how you doing? Now it's interesting, I watch these guys, and they're holding that drink, they talk to ten girls, and the same amount of liquor is in the, in the, in the halavai, is in the, is in the cup, right? So he's got the liquor in one hand, he's got the cigarette in the other hand, you know? And he's like, hey, how you doing? How's everything, you know? Regards from your brother, yeah, okay. And um, stay away from those guys, because if he needs a drink in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand, you're dating a cigarette and a drink, not a person, because the person who has any self at all, he doesn't need to talk to a girl with a drink in his hand. He doesn't need to take her to a bar. He doesn't need to take her to a club. He doesn't need to touch her. Because if she's really haryatmikludeshesli, she's really holy to me, then I treat her as someone who's holy. And everybody thinks that the Gia thing if you have to be Sherman Of course, person has to be Gia, Is uh, because both is being mean. Like you know, let them date, but they can't touch each other. Oh God, you're mean, right? Chas v'shalom. Chas Let me tell you a story that happened with me. Some of my don't know the story. So I have, I know a lot of girls and I know a lot of boys. And this one girl was dating this guy for three years. And I don't care who's in this room. You can date someone for three years, you're not shaymonigia. Okay? Unless, unless there's something very wrong with you, okay? And you shouldn't be dating. But you're not Shemir Giyam, that's for sure. So, I knew this girl wasn't Shemir but she said to me, well, Tina, this is a new, new thing in our gen- this generation, yeah, I'm not Shemir Giyam, but we're going to get married, so it doesn't really matter. I don't know who came up with that little far over there, that little same thing, you know? But it, it doesn't really matter because we're going to get married. I'm like, you really think he's going to marry you? She goes, yeah, I said, okay, I'd like him uh, like to come over to the house with you, both of you. She's great, you know, because I wasn't ever willing to meet this guy because she wasn't supposed to be dating him. She was 17 and he was 19 and a half. She was dating him. She was cutting out of school, whatever I knew about it. Her. her parents didn't know about it. And there was a lot of drama, hanky-panky going on. So I said, okay, come to my house. Now I'm a guy. Now I'm talking this side, right? So. I know how a guy's mind works. I'm not that old. So, pretty old, so I'm not that old. So I invite him over, and he's all excited. against me to meet which sort of, you know, says everything's okay if I can meet Rae And he comes in, and he sits down, and she's like, Rae isn't he great? I said, I didn't speak to him yet, I don't know what he is. I just not to work for the guy. Like, hello, he looks great, you know, he dresses well, as, you know, he's got that big belt buckle with the designer on him, looks good, shoes have the same buckle as the belt, but, <laughs> looks nice, okay, think so he had a beamer outside, you know, Rav Hashem, he's in good shape. Okay, so, listen to this, uh, I, and I asked her, Mechila, that I did this to her, so he sits down, and I said, so, she tells me you're not Sharmad Giyah, what's it her? I can't believe you told him that. I'm like, okay, she didn't tell me, I figured it out. But okay, tell me, you're going to marry her? Of course I'm going to marry her, I love her. I'm like, really? Really? And she's like, I told you, Rabbi. I told you. Isn't he special? I'm like, yeah, we're about to find out how special this guy is. I said, Marcia, come out of the kitchen. My two friends come out of the kitchen, and they're like, who are these guys? I'm like, we wrote up a Tanayim. Tanom is before the kedusha, before the, before the Suba. I said, we wrote up the Tanam, I have your name, I have her name, uh, these are the Aden, and I treat her like my own daughter, and I feel that, you know, I don't want you to string along, so we're going to sign Tanam right now.
1: <laughs>
0: That's Rabbi Wallerstein for you. <laughs> so, wait, maybe he did, maybe he did it, we don't know what happened yet, relax. You don't know the end of the story. What are you clapping? All right, now this guy turned so white that in comparison to his white shirt, forget it. I mean, he was white. He was yellow. He's like, him I'm not signing a him And she's like, "Huh?" He, he said, "I can't sign a Tzniyim because because you know we were talking about. It. I'm 19. She's 17. And and and." in two years, maybe in two years. I said, okay, guys, we're right on the bottom before we sign. I'll deny that he doesn't have to marry her for another two years. We'll write that in. No problem. So then he said the big words, and she's like, okay, okay. He says, but you know, Rabbi, in two years, I'm going to Israel, and I might come back very changed. And I don't know, okay, what, what would we say? I don't know if she'll want to marry me. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if she'll want to marry me. So she goes, no, 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 I'll marry you no matter what, no matter what, no matter. So she took care of that, right? So he's like, but, but Esther, whatever, I'm not going to say her name, whatever, Esther, <laughs> but, but, but you understand that, you know, anything could happen to you. So he said, I want to know something. When you touched her, did you tell her that? Or did you tell her, I love you, we're going to marry you, we're going to be together forever. Did you tell her, maybe, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll change. Maybe it won't work. You didn't tell her that, did you? So she's now shaking. Mama's physically shaking. And she screams, of course, you better sign that now. And I, Okay, listen, sometimes you have to give a needle you know, to given, bring the medicine. And he looked at her, and he got up, and he said two very nasty words to me. Okay, I'm not going to say how many letters were in there, but you can figure it out. Right? He got up. And he walked out the door. And she sat there, and she started crying. And I was, I walked out of the room, and I had to let her do her (laughs) crying. I did not say, I told you so. I'm not that mean, all right? (laughs) And he walked out, and I told her so. And I said to her, Shayt the only guy that's allowed to touch you is the guy that stands under the chuppah, in front of a minion, puts a ring on your finger, and says, hare at the kodesh asleep. That guy earned the right. Nobody else in this world has a right to touch a Jewish girl. Only the guy that says, you and only you are holy to me. Kedath Moshe the No one else has that right. Hashem says to his daughters, no one has a right to touch you Unless he stands under the chuppah and says, I am committed to you forever. No one else. And if you allow anyone else to touch you, then all bets are off for what's going to happen. Because that's not what a Kurdish barakah wants. And vice versa, boys. It's not only a boy thing. When a girl comes to a boy and wants to cause the same thing, you have to say, You're colors to me. I don't. I don't do this. I don't disgrace my sitter. I don't disgrace my tilling. I don't disgrace my talus. Right? I don't disgrace my Sefer Torah. A Jewish girl is a walking Sefer Torah. And therefore, I'm sorry. I know you want, to, you want, to, you want some drama here and you want some action, but I'm sorry, to me, you are holy. And if you are holy, I cannot disgrace you. Huh? Is that what you all you guys say? Huh? is that what you all say? Yeah, huh? I got that now all written down, like, hi, you are my Torah. <laughs> Guys take certain parts of the year, you know what I mean? Like, wow, what a pickup line. Ramay, you know what you did for us? Whoa, we're going to go in the back there when they're having the soda later. i are going to say, hey, Chaya, you're my Torah. Wow, beautiful. It's, very, very, it's funny, but it's not funny because it's very, very, very serious. And I want to tell you, I'm, I'm on film and I don't like to be on film because I like to say the way it is, but, you know, the way it is, and uh, Alton, I have to say the way it is. Sometimes I'm by a wedding, and, and the kawla has been with another man before. So, we have to write a different ksuva there's a way of doing it, so that she doesn't get embarrassed. If the guy's been with the girl, nobody knows, but the kawla is with the girl, the way the k'suvah is written. So, bar HaShem, there are ways, no problem. I would say that I have officiated, been by and officiated, together with my Rebbe here in America, I would say 20, 20 weddings of girls, who were with men before the wedding. Of all 20, one of the 20 was marrying the guy that she was with. The other 19 were with other guys and ended up marrying a different guy. Which says to me, right? Which says to me, all those who can't figure out what's going on over here, (laughs) that the 19 guys that were with these girls we're never committed to them, because they never married them. These girls ended up marrying someone totally different. Only one guy ended up marrying, which is still wrong. It's still wrong. It's 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 all the other things, it's still wrong. Don't get me that it's right, it's wrong. But even in the commitment world, the other 19, they're gone. They're hunters. We're hunters. I wanted to talk about voracious. Hashem created men, we're hunters. That's what we are. We, missed, we lost something. Hashem put us to sleep. Somebody asked me great dating advice. So just look at the first Odomechava. How'd they get married? Hashem knocked them out. (laughs) He was gone. He was out. Targema, deep, deep sleep. He woke up. Mazel Tov. That worked. It worked. Yeah, she made him a little trouble. But Hashem took part of us and created woman. So we are missing something. What he, what Hashem took from us, we're missing. So we are all our lives, we are hunting what we are missing. This is a zaya. We're missing something, so we're hunting. Why did Hashem do that? Why could Hashem create Chav? He created animals and birds and fish and butterflies. And I'll tell you at the end. My end story will be about a moth, right? A fascinating story. But why do you do that? Create a man. Create a woman. Why do you take the meat for? You, you didn't have enough parts? You ran out of parts, Hashem? Couldn't go to the parts department? But what, What's the problem? GN has parts. God could have had parts. Why do you do that? Because if he wouldn't have done that, we, we wouldn't get married. We wouldn't get married. We, we'd be busy with our hunting and money and everything that we oh, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't be committed to a woman. We'd have this woman, that woman, that woman, this woman. We would destroy the whole world. It says we didn't have the Torah. Why do we have the Torah? Why don't they have 630 mitzvahs? Why do we have 630 mitzvahs? Why don't they put on stones? Why don't they wear sisters? Why don't they have to the fast all the fast days and do everything that we do? And the answer is they don't, they don't need it because they're not hunters. They're not crazy. We're crazy guys. We're crazy. So that's how Hashem created us. So we have one woman. We want two women. We have five women. We want ten women. We have a BMW. We want a nicer car. We want a Ferrari. We have one house. We want two houses. We have three houses. We want five houses. That's how we are. So Hashem gave us a Torah and He said, these guys are going to destroy the whole world. So, 630 mitzvahs. You've got to daven three times a day. You've got to learn. You've got to fast. That'll make you weak. And you've got to work. Between all that, you have no more class to be Meshuggah. We still have quite to be Meshuggah, but not so sugar. <laughs> women, women no, Hashem didn't take anything from them. Hashem gave them something. Gave them a part of us. So what does a person do when they get something? They protect it. You give me a present, I take it, I put it in the safe. Right? If it's worth a lot. So the man lost something, he's hunting to get it back. The woman got something, she's the protector. You touch my husband, I rip your head off. <laughs> you say something bad about my kids, I'll throw you. i I'll destroy the whole school. That's the woman. The woman is the protector. And the husband is the hunter. And therefore, because Baruch doesn't expect girls for you to be the hunters. You should not be going to the clubs looking for guys because you have no excuse because that's not your teva. These guys have an excuse. They're hunters. So where does the hunter go on his hunt? He goes to the club. He goes to the single player. He goes hunting. And he knows how to hunt. He gets the nice car. Never. I was a little kid. I'll never forget this. It's my trauma. I'm in therapy for this. Okay. When I was a little kid, I was nine years old, I was in the Catskills, in a camp, in my cousin's camp. And there was woods. And in the woods, there was deer hunting, whatever. And I haven't been in the woods, and there was a patch of green grass in the middle of the woods. And I was like, what's a patch of green grass doing in the middle of the woods? On top of the tree, was sitting a hunter on a, on a piece of wood, and the deers, they come to, to eat the, the grass, because there's no grass in the woods, and the minute the deer bends down its head, they blow the head off. I, Nebuch, as a nine-year-old kid, I didn't know what was going on, I almost got killed, and I was standing by the brook, and all of a sudden, I saw a deer, and I was like, wow, that's so cool, the deer's not moving. They're usually running, right? He bent down his head to eat, boom! Wolf went the head. Now I was a little kid, I saw that, I'm working on it. I'm not the same since then. Sam. I'm working on it. That's the hunter, he knows how to set it up. Girls, he knows how to set it up. He sets it up perfectly. Mm-hmm. you got to be careful. And guys have to understand that the Kishbrochah gave us the Torah, and the gave us mitzvos, and therefore, he, he says, you can have, so we will allowed to have more than one wife. They're not allowed to have more than one husband. Chema Rabbein Gershon came along, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, two women killed each other, and he said, that's it. These generations you can't have more than one wife. Imagine, five American Express cards, five Saks cards, five Bloomingdale cards. <laughs> if Rabbeinu Gershon wouldn't have come along, one some wife. rabbi would have come along, right? One wife, Hashem, right? But we're allowed to have more than one wife, but a woman's not allowed to have more than one husband. And right away, not fear. Judaism is for the guy! Wrong! Hashem says, you're a much higher level, you don't need more than one husband. You're not hunters. You're happy to have one good husband, you don't need more. Women are protectors. I'm a Rebbe for 28 years. You should see the difference of PTA. You should see. I have eighth graders. Father walks in, I say, Oh, your son... I don't want to say Oshinhara, but if you're asking me, he pulled a fire alarm, he put thumbtacks on my chair, he's got straight U's, I know he told you U is unbelievable, and, and F is fantastic, but it's not unbelievable, and F is not fantastic. I don't put red circles around fantastic, you know what I'm saying? And he's not really doing well, and the father's like, really? I'll teach him a lesson. I'm going to cut off no more computer. I'm not taking him to baseball anymore. His allowance is over. Yeah, I'll teach him a lesson. I'm like good. <laughs> Mother comes in. Next kid. Hey, listen, you're chaim. Uh, you know, Mrs. Friedman. I hate to say this, but he's pulling down the fire alarm. He's putting thumbtacks on my chair. He's got a 40 on his test. <laughs> it's your fault, Rabbi.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and the whole yeshiva is no good. And the whole system is no good. And if you guys knew what you were doing, my son would be doing much better. What happened here? The father's punishing him, and the mother's punishing me. And the answer is that a mother is a protector. And therefore, when a girl steps out and misbehaves, there's a higher price to pay. Because it's not your terra. It's not your nature. You're stepping out of your nature. Everyone tells me that it's very unfair. I don't know if it's in this circle's but it's very unfair. A girl makes mistakes, right? And she, she goes to Israel, and she wants to change. And she comes back. Nobody wants to date her. Oh, she's a bum. Oh, she was a slut. Oh, she was hanging out with guys. Oh, forget about it. But she spent two years in Israel, and she really changed, and she's really a tzaddikistah, and it's so hard to find a shidduch. Now, the guy who was hanging with her, he was also totally out of hand. Oh, miserable guy! He was machalos Shabbos. He did everything you could imagine. Goes to Israel, sits and learns for two years. Comes back, and the girls are like, "Oh my God, I want to go out with him." <laughs> Why? Don't get any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> because girls like bad guys, bad boys. But they like even better bad boys who became good boys. At Kennedy Airport, when the guy gets off out, right, in his black hat and his and his white shirt. And he's like, with his Gemara under his hand, you see 40 girls going, That's him! That's him! Remember him? The guy has 40 Shaduchim in 5 minutes. The girl, the girl walks out, nobody wants to go out with her. Is there a low fear? The girls say to me all the time, is there a low fear? And the answer is, that you are the princess, and the king expects you to behave like a princess. And therefore, if you step out of line, there's a higher price to pay. R'chashem, Hashem's in the Kabbalah and find somebody. But there's a higher price to pay. So we have to be very careful that when we date, we understand that the dating is leading to the following words. Hare at the kodeshes leaf, Which means that everything on the date is leading to holiness. Touching is not holiness. Going on a date to a bar is not holiness. That is not holiness. Sending text messages that are nasty and, poor, and, 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 and porn and saying things that are that are that is not holy and that will not take you to the chuppah to say herav and actually you're not getting that guy he's just using you and you're not getting that girl the girl that's pushing you to go to do the wrong things because Isha tov is Chaya toiv, or a good woman is a good life and Isha is Chaya ro, and a bad woman is a bad life Kara's wife destroyed Karaf with his grandchildren, with all his children. old Ben Pellas's wife saved him and all her children. A woman has a huge kara. Okay, it's not. It's 10:15. I want to end. I didn't say anything I wanted to say, but next time it's Hashem. I want to end with a um, with a story. And you have to understand also that in, in life, later on when you get married, that symbolism, and the girl should understand this. You know. On an anniversary, you come on your 25th anniversary and you buy her 25 roses.
1: <coughs> right?
0: God forbid. If you see, it means it's true, by the way. <laughs> you buy her 25 roses. If you forget those 25 roses, don't come home. Right? Now the question is like this: You come home, forget about 25 roses, forget about it. You come home one day, right? And, and you could try this: the married guys will be nice, and the guys who are not married when you get married will be nice. And for no reason. On an anniversary, it's not erev Shabbos. For no reason. Go buy a two-dollar rose. Just home and give your wife a rose and say, "I love you. This is for you because because I care about you." Right? They're going to melt. Now, why is she melting? How much did you spend on the rose? Two bucks. Hello, anybody that's watching this from Mars, right? Is going to say, "Wow, Earth Earth people are really silly." Look how excited she's getting. He spent two dollars. Two dollars. But what does it what does it mean? Because it's a symbol. The rose, it's not the rose, she doesn't say, so how much did you spend on that? She doesn't ask that question. I wanted a longer stem, where'd you buy that on sale? She'll never ask you that, she'll never ask you that. Why won't she ask you that? Because the rose is a symbol of your whole being. You cannot give a person a symbol, I could give my wife a 10 million dollar ring, it's not a symbol of of me, I'm worth more than 10 million dollars. Every person in this world is worth more than a billion dollars. Every person is a whole world. Every person is a whole world. So, what could I give my wife as a symbol of my whole being, right? We're one. My whole being loving her. $2,000? Too short. So, when you give a rose, what you're saying is sort of what we call Khalifin, you're giving a rose and saying, This rose represents me. That's all. It doesn't matter how much it costs. That wow. That's why rose is, or whatever the flower is. Wow. That symbolism is more than a car or a ring. Don't use this, married guys, and come home on your anniversary and she goes, so you bought me some jewelry. Red Wallace and said, Buy a rose. I bought a rose. <laughs> I love you, it's a symbol of me. Don't just pull out of my share what you want to pull out of my share. Okay, let me end with um, now. So all of the stuff that I said tonight is all to bring us like first barcles. You also bring us to the Baruch Hu. Tvillin, guys, when you put on Tfilin in the morning, what is Tillin? It's a symbol. It's an ois. It's just a symbol of my love to Hashem. I don't love Hashem as much as my Tfilin. What is my Tfilin? $700, $1,200, $1,500, $2,000. When I put on my Tfilin, it's called an ois. It's a sign. It's a rose. Every morning, I give God a rose. I put on my Tfilin. It's an ois. Here is a symbol of my whole being to you, it's Hashem. Shabbos is an ois. Keeping Shabbos, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Shabbos is great, I sit, I eat cholins, whatever you guys eat, I don't know, same thing, whatever, called something else, right, whatever it is, I eat a whole Shabbos, I sleep, I daven, what is that, so what, what you can do more during the week. And The answer is, it's an ois, Shabbos is an ois. This day during the week, I'm taking one day and I'm saying to Hashem, it's yours, I love you God. The two of us, we have a relationship. This day is yours, and Hashem says, that's what I want. I want you to get up in the morning and tell me that I love you. I want you to go to sleep at night and say, and say, I love you. And in the morning say, say I love you. That's what Hashem wants. But you cannot give that to Hashem if you're in an emotional desert and you have no relationship with anybody. So how can you say, I love you? What does that word mean? We had a kid in, in, in camp. He was, he was from Florida. We were making fun because we were trying to explain to him what snow was. He never saw snow in his life. He lived in Florida. right? He never saw snow in his life. Oh, the fourth table and all that stuff. I guess he never said that, didn't see it on television. I don't know. So we tried to explain it to him. So I was his counselor. I said, You take ice and you scrape it. And the stuff that comes off the ice, that's snow. So he scraped the ice and he says, That's snow? I'm like, No. Go ahead explain it to him. Because if you never saw snow, you don't understand what it is. If you never loved, you don't understand it. So therefore, it's important that we love our parents. It's important that if we're married, once we're married we're on the level once we have children we're on the level to say you know when you say that you love me and you just want to give me you just want to give me a, a girl that's not married or a boy that's not married who doesn't have children can't say he understands that. What do you mean someone just gives? What do you mean someone needs to pick a bullet? Nah it's impossible. And you're like listen I'm a parent it's, it's, it's part of me. Get out of here! You would never take a bullet from me." And every parent knows, Look, no matter how much we argue, or how much we fight with our kids, if someone came and said, your life of your child, or the life of yourself, there's no parent in the world, no matter what the relationship is, that won't give up their life. Now no child can understand that until he becomes a parent. So when Hashem says, you, I would give anything for my children, Kalagis, for all, until you become, until you have a child, you can't understand that. So Kosh created a love. Different different relationships: father-child, child father, mother father, mother-child, and then to the relationship of friends, and then to the relationship of husband and wife, and then to the final relationship of parent. And then there's a, a relationship of grandparents. I have I'm my grandparent. That's like a totally different relationship. That's even a, more of a giving because there's mamish no. You're not involved at all. It's just to give you grandchildren come to the house, and we just give them. It's not. It's not because I want you to do well on your test, or I want you to behave, or I'm worried about. People say a grandchild even on a on a, a is on a different level. And anyone who learned Eber Shira Shirim, Melach talks about us and God, husband, wife, friend, rei, daughter, brother. He uses all these relationships. If you don't have these relationships, then you then then you don't understand. So all this drama and love and emotion is for us to give it to Hashem. Mm-hmm. So I just want to end. This week, a girl, I, I tell the folks of the Chassan and Kahlo, some of you are my students, some of you are not. So it says that when Yaakov saw Yosef, so he didn't see him for 22 years, he grabbed him, Yosef grabbed his father and he kissed him, and it says that Yaakov said Kriyashma. And I would say to myself, what a terrible father. Mm-hmm. Imagine, 22 years he didn't see his son, right? What are they, rolling? making a movie here? Right? He wants to show his front guy. 22 years, he finally sees his one of his favorite sons, right? Ah, I can't look at him right now. Shema Yisrael, oh, Hashem okay. I'm really impressed, Yaakov. What are, what are you doing? What do you mean this is man You mean Yaakov didn't say kriosh when he woke up that morning? What's going on over here? This is a very beautiful shot, and this is this is the end of my chabur because this this dvar Torah that I'm saying is what I'm telling you. So the Dvar Torah is that Yaakov his whole life thought he, he loved Hashem with his whole heart. He said, Hashem, And I love you, Hashem, and I love you. And all of a sudden, he came to a moment in his life where he saw his son that he thought was ripped apart, that was dead. And for 22 years, he saw his son. He had a moment of love and a moment of emotions that he never in his life had. And he said, Oh my goodness, my whole life I lied. My whole life I said, and I said to Hashem, I love him with my whole heart. I never, I never gave him this emotion, I never felt like this about anybody in my life, 22 years. So he said, what am I supposed to do with this emotion, why does Hashem put emotions in this world? To buy hallmark cards? No! To kiss my son? No! To give it to him. So when he had that moment of emotion, he said, Kriyashmaa. So I tell all the callers and the chasas, when you go to the wedding, you never knew what it meant to be married to a girl before. You never meant what, you know. You don't know what it means to go by deck and then to cover her, and then to, to your, the parents are benching her, and then to go under the chuppah, and then to dance. I said, so when you have this new emotion, a wife, it's a whole new emotion. And the girl, you have a husband. There's a guy standing on your side that's yours, together. You have to say, Kriyashma. doesn't say that anywhere in the Torah, any halachas. You have to say, Kriyashma. What are you going to do with that emotion? Smile at him? Cry? No. Take the new emotion, you're... Right, and give it to Hashem when you have a child. I tell, my, I tell me them when they put that baby in your hand, the first time you hold a baby, unless you've ever done it, you can't understand it. When you say that's my child, and the kid's squished, totally squished, right? He looks—he's really ugly, right? And the parents sitting there like, "Oh my God, she's gorgeous, she's beautiful." And the nurses are like, "Yeah, they all say that, you know." Looks like a pumpkin that just came out of a, a, a who knows what, right? You, you ever see a newborn baby? I haven't seen a beautiful newborn baby. There's no such thing. He got squished and mushed and whatever. you got to give him a day to get his head, his cone head straightened out. You know what I mean? He looks like, who knows what, He looks like he went through a war. That's if he came out good, right? And the father's saying, oh my God, he, he looks like me. <laughs> and the nurse is going, yeah, I see the ambulance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So, so what's going on? What's going on is, what's going on is that he has a moment here where he's holding himself actually because that baby's part of him. And that there was never there was never an extension of him, even though he's married to his wife, there was never such an extension. So therefore that moment he has to say Kriyashma. That's the moment to say Kriyashma. I got the message from the side that I gotta finish. So that moment he has to say Kriyashma. and this girl by this wedding this week came over to me. She said, Well Wallstein, I have to tell you something. I'm always nervous when they tell me that I to a wedding. This is wrong, that's wrong, what She says well, Wallstein. Remember you told the story in Ornava two years ago about the girl that said Krishma five times by her wedding? I said it ten times. She said, I had ten feelings that I wanted to give to Hashem. That's why we have emotions. That's why Hashem gave us emotions. So to end, two minutes left, I want to tell you a story about a girl who came to me, a special needs child, who called me two weeks ago. Listen carefully, and I'm ending with this. And I feel that Hashem wants me to give this message and that's why I'm saying it. As hot as it is in here. It's hot. Okay, listen carefully. I get a phone call from a woman. She says, Rewalstein, you know, I hear your stories on and this, whatever, and I want you to, I want you to meet my daughter. She's a Down syndrome child. And I want you to meet her. She wants to tell you something. I never, I never had such a request in my life. She said, fine. So bring her over and uh, I'll, I'll talk to her. She brings her over. And I don't have time to tell you the story of the butterfly. But I talk about the butterfly a lot and how it's a, it's a caterpillar and it goes through metamorphosis and it suffers and it sheds who it is and it becomes something new. And why Hashem created this, it's a whole shir. It's an hour-long shir. But why Hashem created that? A caterpillar becomes a butterfly and Hashem didn't create a caterpillar. And a butterfly is two separate things. To teach us that sometimes you have to go into a cocoon and you have to suffer and you have to shed who you are and you become new and you get wings and you become a new person. And Ornava, anything that comes from Ornava, it has butterflies on it because the first 18 girls that I worked with needed that story very much. They were going through a lot of pain in their life, a lot of hardships, and they said, why do we have to go through this? And I said, because you were a caterpillar, and you're becoming a butterfly, and you have to go through the cocoon, you have to go through the metamorphosis. Okay. This girl comes, and she says, Ray Wallstein, I heard that you always talk about the butterfly. I want to tell you the story of the morph. I'm like, okay, there's a story of a morph. I'll hear it. She says, there was once a grandma, that's a one-minute story, and she was sitting on the porch, and there were many, many butterflies. And a, a moth landed on the porch and the girl got up with her shoe to kill it. And the grandmother said to the girl, don't kill the moth till I tell you the story of the moth. So the granddaughter said, a story of a moth? She said, let me tell you the story of the moth. When Hashem created the world, He created thousands of butterflies. Did He create a moth. And Hashem decided right before Shabbos He's going to make a rainbow because the world's going to be destroyed and Hashem's going to make a rainbow and from then on the, rain, the world will never be destroyed. But Hashem had no colors left. This is what this girl is telling me. Hashem had no colors left, so he went to the butterflies, and he said to the butterflies, give me your colors so I can make a rainbow. And the butterfly says, Hashem, you gave us these colors, we're not giving them back. But a large group of them came flying to Hashem and said, Hashem, you're the creator of the world. If you want to make a rainbow to a sign that you're not going to destroy the world, we will give up our colors for the rainbow. And the grandmother turned to the child and said, to this girl on the fortune, said, you see that moth? That's a butterfly that gave up its colors that's more beautiful than the butterfly that has its colors. This girl told me this story. What? Where? Who? Why? Yeah. Oh, why? is she telling me this story? Now any time a person told me this story, it's sent from Shamayim. There's a reason she told me this story. And I looked at her and I said, I got it. I got it. You gave up who you really are to somebody else. You are more beautiful than a regular person that's walking the earth. Because you gave up your colors. And that's the message I got from this film. This past weekend, I spent studying the moth. I googled moth, I googled butterfly. And I learned something very interesting. That the moth is the same, 98% of the moths are the same species, come from the same species as the butterfly. They're actually the same species as the butterfly. And I did not know this, but a moth becomes a moth the same way a butterfly becomes a butterfly up as a caterpillar, goes through a metamorphosis, goes through a cocoon, and comes out a moth. Which is a riot to her story that the moth and the butterfly have a lot to do with each other. So, the lesson from this story, and the lesson that we're going right now into the three weeks, everybody in this room has beauty. Everybody in this room has resources. Some of us can teach, some of us have money, some of us have other talents. The greatest beauty in the world is not to fly around and show your talents. The greatest beauty in the world is to give somebody else your beauty. That is the greatest beauty. And that's maybe why Hashem, this is of course in theory, I'm not telling you that's what, has done a medrash, but maybe that's why the rainbow is the gris that Hashem will never destroy the world. Because if there can be a creature in the world that's willing to give its colors up to make a rainbow, then this world is a fantastic place. And this world is a place that we can all grow and we can all do the right thing. And my bracha to everyone, usually I give a bracha that everyone should be a butterfly. My bracha is that everyone should be able to have the insight of being a moth. Don't eat too much world, stay away from waterfalls. But my bracha is that everyone should be able to be a moth. And my bracha to everyone here is whoever is not married, is Rath Hashem. This year you should find your zivig. Whoever is married should have shalambayez. Whoever doesn't have children should have children, Amen. children that give them and Nachas. Amen. Whoever needs a Rufu Sholema should have a Rufu Sholema. Amen. Whoever needs a Yeshua should have a Yeshua. Amen. And we should all be Zaycha. That our weddings, whoever is not married, should be a Chopah and a chhatzer, bashamidash that will we be will be built, and that this year Tishabov Listen to this, Bracha. It's a little out of the box. You ready? This week, Tisha B'av, not only should you be able to get engaged on Tisha B'av, but it should be a tip so you can even get married on Tisha B'av. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.